There was two surprises in the Grambling Spring game for me. The HBCU All-Star game had all the makings of a great event. And just how did Texas Southern make it to WrestleMania? And what does it actually mean? Oh, yeah. It's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU. Your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on the journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And Grambling just had their spring game. I came away with two big takeaways, and that's the performance of the defense and the status of Kajaya Holloway. I am going to clarify what I mean by the status later on in the segment. But first, I want to say it's kind of hard to come up with come out with takeaways in a spring game, especially when there's not much media leading up. I think that the idea that the media has kind of been shut out needs to be a part of the conversation because it's not an idea, it's an actuality. But I think that that statement needs to be brought up in this conversation because in spring practices, it's about knowing the progression. And we just did not know the progression that came in with so many questions and so many questions that should not be answered in one practice. <laughs> That's something that, that coach Jackson kept calling it a 15th practice. And he's right. It is a 15th practice. Is it, is it essentially, it is essentially a practice. We call it a game. It's like the end of it, but it's essentially a practice. So there's so much more, that you have to see. And I think for that reason, you should have all of your judgments kind of reserved. Like I have this thing about keeping it at a five and not just cause that's my number, but essentially what it means to me is trying not to go to a 10 or a zero in really any situations emotionally or react at a 10 or a zero and just kind of keeping it in the middle, even kill keeping, you know, not my blinders on and whatnot. So, or keep my blinders off. So that's kind of how I want to do. I don't do it all the time. Now, don't, don't, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't do it all the time, but I like to try to do it. That's kind of how I approach the spring game. You can't have judgments that just jump out the window. This is still a practice. And Coach Jackson was very clear to tell us that. Now, let's get into the takeaways because I was, I don't want to say takeaways, but surprises, things that surprised me for certain reasons. And that was the defensive performance in the spring game. And on one hand, it's surprising. On another one, it's not. But then it's surprising again. So, like, let, let's get into it because I want to talk about why I think it's surprising. Those things caught my attention. So, they really shut down the offense completely. Um, and it's a move that I'm going to start off with why it's surprising and why it's not surprising and why it's surprising again. And it's a move that I didn't quite expect because the offense is typically – better than the defense at this point, unless, you know, you just got to lock down defense and whatnot. But I feel like if there's question marks or just uncertainty on both sides, you're probably going to lean towards the offense having the upper hand because they, they get their playbooks installed a little faster. You know, a lot of these things are just designed for the offense to win. And one, once again, this is if you don't know what's going on with either one. And we do not. We had no clue. We had nothing. And... <laughs> I just would have thought it. The offense is typically better, you know. So 
That's one hand of it. Oh, and they got Hugh Jackson, and they just be able to put their 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 playbooks in. This is the fifteenth practice in a fairly new system for both sides. I thought I thought we would have seen the offense be better. Once again, let's remember this is a practice, and on any given practice, either side could have been better. So it's not this statement is nothing concrete. But then again, it's not surprising because the offense was terrible last year. Like they were terrible last year, and the defense beating them would mean nothing. And like that, that should be expected when you look at the performance and the, and what they put out. They were the worst offense in the SWAC last year, offensively running the ball and passing the ball. They ranked at the very bottom. So you would not have thought that they would have came out and won. So that's not surprising. But at the same time, it is surprising because in the spring game pre uh, spring game pre pre show, which I did watch because I said I wanted to watch it and see if they gave us some information, and they did. The only real information that we got because coach. Man, Hugh Jackson, you a slippery, uh, slippery dude. Because they asked you about some players, and I was sitting there intently. I turned the volume up. He ain't give no players. But one thing he did say, I don't even know if he said it, or he told them that in private, and they just exposed him on the podcast. Um, because it wasn't sensitive information or anything, and that's that the offense dominated the defense in the, in the earliest scrimmage. That's the only thing that I heard. So now I thought it was gonna be more of the same because oh, that's what's happening. That's what's been happening during practice. The only thing I know is the offense dominated them in the earlier scrimmage. But it didn't happen this time. And that's why I was surprising, but not surprising. and surprising again. I thought Hugh Jackson would have had them a little bit better together, but the defense absolutely dominated. And they scored as many touchdowns as the uh, offense did. And they actually won the game because they had a pick six. And speaking of that pick six, that was thrown by Kajai Holloway. But mind you, we're not talking about Holloway's performance. We're not talking about this practice. Things happen. You're going to throw picks in practice. You know, I'm a Saints fan. I remember Drew Brees threw three picks in a row in practice. And that was towards the end of his career when he started being safer with the ball. So interception is going to happen in practice. However, when I'm looking at Holloway, he came in third as far as, as quarterbacks play. I thought he would have first. And maybe that was my overestimation of what they viewed him as. Like in my head, they viewed him as the guy who's going to have to come and uplift this program. And maybe that was an overestimation on my part. Maybe it was an uh, maybe I was being a little overzealous, assuming that this was his spot to to lose. Now, maybe that was my fault. But then again, maybe I'm over exaggerating or overreacting to the fact that he came in third. He was the third quarterback to come in and play. Maybe that just means nothing. I know that they don't have a quarterback that they that they're established with. They don't have a concrete starting quarterback yet. Coach Jackson said that said how he doesn't like it. So he could still be Halloween, but I do think I might have over-exaggerated just him coming in and being the guy for them, unless that's what they wanted and he just didn't perform as such. But I'm not going to react that way until we start getting closer to fall practice, and that's the time in which Coach Jackson said that we're going to see a quarterback. So that's what I mean in the difference between his performance and his status, because his performance is performance, regardless, throw it away. But his his status as being what would be looked at as the third-string quarterback is something that did catch my attention and maybe it shouldn't have, but I'm going to note it, and I'm going to look towards the fall and see if, hey, maybe he just didn't gain no steam. Maybe he didn't jump the guys like he was supposed to. They're all coming into a into a new offense, so they don't have that on his on them. They have a little bit of experience on them, but they don't have that as far as experience in Hugh Jackson's offense. I thought it would have been his, his job, and it could still be that way in the fall. We'll never – well, I ain't going to say we'll never know, but we won't know until that time comes. But it, he, him coming in third was something that caught my attention, at least, and made me question if, you know, maybe I didn't, 
maybe I didn't I didn't take the whole picture in account of how this was going to go down with Halloween transferring to Grambling. But when, when we're talking about full pictures, let's talk about the HBCU All-Star Game because that is a big picture event. I think that is major. That and Texas Southern performing at WrestleMania are big-time events, but we're going to jump to the All-Star Game first. But before I get there, I want to tell you about the big-time protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and that is Built Bar. The best protein bar on the market, the best tasting one, the most beneficial one. It's the one that you need to be getting. I'm going to tell you where to get in a little bit. But you need to make sure that you are making Built Bar a part of your daily diet. My personal favorite is blueberry muffin. They have a multitude of flavors, banana cream pie, cookies and cream. They have a churro. They have all types of things. And all of these things sound sweet, but y'all know it's not. It only has four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. But then on the other hand, it's covered in chocolate. So all of these things make you sound like, wow, this probably tastes good. It's probably not good for me. But then that's where the rug gets pulled from underneath you. It is delicious, but it is also good for you. 17 grams of protein, just a slight amount of sugar and net carbs. And they also have the Built Bar Puffs with marshmallows and chocolate. Everything sounds so delicious because it is, if you had to ask my personal recommendation, it's blueberry muffin. That's what I would go get. It's not a puff. It's a regular one, blueberry muffin. Go get you one. You would not regret it. Tell me about it. If you tweet me, tell me in the comments. Oh, I got some Built Bars. I love it. I would love to hear about your experience with Built Bars. And if you want to know where to get them, go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your offer. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day in today's word of the day is salient. It means to stand out conspicuously. I like this. I like this word. We're going to use this in this segment for sure. I can feel it. Um, But this segment is all about the HBCU All-Star Game, and they had all the makings of a great All-Star Game, and I think they actually executed. So there's three things that I feel like All-Star Game should have when you're just talking about building them up there's one anticipation one big name or two big names and then three big time performances let's switch the names and performances when we're talking about it we're going to go anticipation big performances and then we're going to go with big time names and i think that any all-star game that's going to be worth something needs to have some anticipation around it now this is your first event so anticipation looks a little bit different than it would if you're a decade in because a decade in you're more established but when you're talking about anticipation here, when you're talking about anticipation here, I think that they did a really good job building it up, even though it, it was not the most promoted event as far as all everywhere. I feel like the Legacy Bowl had it was everywhere. But then again, this is basketball, it's football, different lanes, you know. So I do feel like the people who were basketball fanatics were touched a little bit more by it than the people who were in it, uh, football people. 
But at the same time, you did it during the Final Four. So timing of it, everybody's focused on what's going on with Duke and Duke in uh, North Carolina, Kansas and Villanova. And you did it right there in the middle of that. But in the midst of it, I still feel like you built up some anticipation, even with a, a, a timing that I wasn't quite in agreement with. You still built up a good amount of anticipation, which I think actually really bodes well for the event. And if you were to change the time, make it right after the, the March Madness, then maybe you even get more eyes. But to be able to get a good amount of eyes at the same time that Final Fours are being discussed heavily, I think that that really says a lot for them. Now, you need anticipation because otherwise the event will come and go. People need to be excited for it. People need to realize that this is something that they need to be checking out. And that's where the anticipation comes in. But with that being the first time, you have to hype it up. And that it, it was two weeks, or excuse me, two years in the making. This was happening two years ago when the pandemic hits and all of that stuff. But now you have it here. And you have it right here in the moment when everybody is focusing on HBCUs. That's great. That is great. All eyes are here. It made it way more of a salient event, right? Because now, as opposed to just being an HBCU event that is just here, it's an HBCU event that everybody is looking at because everybody is focusing on, okay, how are we going to be giving HBCUs more shine? That's what I think is great for it. And that's where they really built it up. And arguably, anticipation is the biggest one of them all. That might have been the most important, you know, aspect of the three three components that I named because you have to have people coming to you. You need to bring eyes to the screen. This is your first one and you have to get people ready for it. Now, the next one is big time performances because yes, you can people you can bring people's eyes to the screen, but if their eyes don't like what they see, they're not going to come back. So big time performance is what builds anticipation for the next year. And then the next year after that, see people don't anticipate the dunk contest anymore because everybody thinks it's going to be bad. That's what I mean. And that had a lot of favor. Mind you, the dunk contest has always been the best event, in my opinion. Right. So for them to lose all that favor is because there were bad performances. Nobody was dunking like they supposed to be dunking. You don't want those type of performances in the HBCU All-Star game because now people are just going to write it off. People are just going to write it off. But I think that as far as performances go, they had a couple of good ones, and I want to highlight them. Benedict College's Taj Green won the MVP at 12 points and seven boards. So you have somebody step out. You got to have an MVP at every game, right? So he came in, had a, a really good game, nearly a double-double. And then Bryson Gresham out of Texas Southern and actually a New Orleans native, hometown guy. I think that's always great for these type of events because you have a hometown guy that is a feel-good story. You can feel good about the story. So I like that. Um, he came in. He had two blocks in the first half. He had a really good game. He was labeled as one of the best performances in that game. And then Prince Moss probably had the highlight of all the game of the whole game, excuse me. And that was when he had a, a, a alley-oop that he just absolutely levitated. I swear, neck up was above the rim. It, it just felt like, man, this dude was going to was gonna just float forever. It, it's, a, it's a really good clip that I suggest that you make sure that you watch if you have not already. But that highlight performance or that highlight game, highlight moment, excuse me. Yeah, I think that, I think that was one of the things like, okay. We have exciting basketball here and then also big names. Now, this one's this one's at the bottom because I wanted to rank them. I didn't say them at first, but I wanted to rank them in order of just like importance to me. HBCU athletics are still getting the the look as far as from everybody and more crowds are still getting the look. 
but name recognition is not high. And that's that's no fault of their own. I don't actually even think it's that big of a problem. But the day that the names are what bringing you to the HBCU All-Star game, that's how you know HBCU athletics have really risen because name recognition may be low now, but you look at the All-Star game in the NBA, you look at the McDonald's All-American game, for the most part, you're watching those games because you know those players. HBCU All-Star game gets to that point at any moment. That's a huge victory for HBCU basketball. It truthfully is. But as of right now, that name recognition is pretty low. So I don't think big names is important. Right now, you're bringing people to the strength of wanting to support HBCU basketball. So it's a, it's a completely different pool and completely different situation. Now, the big names might not have been on the court for mainstream people. Now, I did think there were some names in there. I want to make sure I, I read them off because there were some names. And it wasn't like, oh, it's just a bunch of no-name people that we should just – no, there was a couple of guys in there. You had Jawan McDaniel from PV. You know, he was in the Swag Player of the Year conversation at the beginning of the year. You had Jalen Seekers, who was a D2 Player of the Year. So there are some names, but you have to be more in the know to actually know them. So that's a little bit different. But for the mainstream people who aren't really focusing on HBCU athletics as much, you had Avery Johnson there. He was calling the game. Um, Earl the Pearl was there on the, on the court. So was Penny Hardaway. So the names were out there. Celebrities were out there. And kind of the celebrities being there or big-time you know, basketball legends being there. I just felt like, okay, it legitimizes the game for those who may be questioning the legitimacy of it. Now, going forward, I don't think there's any legitimacy questioning about how Texas Southern performed at WrestleMania, but I want to see just how did they get there? What was the route that they took to be performing in Arlington, Texas on WrestleMania stage? But before I tell you that, I want to tell you about Bet Online because BetOnline.net is the best place for all of your wagering. Now, if you're a Kansas fan or somebody who believed in Kansas and never really wavered, I know you made a lot of money when they were down 15 at the end of the first half. Everything was reeling. They ended the the uh, I think they ended the first half on an 18 to three run. University of North Carolina did. Things look bad for Kansas. If you still believe and you put some money down at that moment, you could have won a lot of cash. As long as you were using betonline.net because they were able to come back, win that game. Not just cover the spread, but win that game. So, Kansas had a, a really good comeback. But if you weren't betting on March Madness or you missed that opportunity, there's still more to do. The NBA playoffs are coming up. You're going to have the play-in game. You're going to have the series. How many games is each series going to go? You're going to have MLB. You're going to have NHL. You're going to have a lot of things. NFL is getting back going now. There's going to be NFL draft. There's so many props that you can bet on on betonline.net. They are the best in the business because they are so versatile. They have so many options that you can choose from. And aside from all of those sports, they also have your favorite Vegas casino games. What don't they do over there? <laughs> I have no idea. They do everything at betonline.net. That's why I call them the fastest and easiest. Way to wager on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, we know that Texas Southern performed at WrestleMania in Arlington, Texas, before Bianca Belair's entrance at the event in a, in a match in which she won, by the way. So shout out to Bianca. We love that one. Um, but how did they get there? How do you get to this stage? How do you get to WrestleMania to perform for a world champion? Or I guess she wasn't a world champion at that point, but she won the match. How do you get to be on the big stage and get it done? 
Well, somehow, I guess this is the story. Somehow they were able to find them at the first four. The game versus Texas Southern versus Corpus Christi in the first four of the NCAA tournament. I'm sure they were already on their radar, but it seems as if that event played some some part in getting the job or getting the uh, the deal done. Cause I, I doubt they just heard them there and it was like, we need that. It was had to be something in in plan. It was really either Texas Southern or Prairie View, you know, and maybe that playing at that game edged them out. I don't know exactly how much it had to do with them being in the first four, but I do know they were contacted at the first four about coming on to perform at WrestleMania. So maybe I got to stop disrespecting the first four. Evie is good for something. I, I, I write it off quick. Like, man, this thing is good for nothing. Nathan. Like, I, I, I disrespected the first four. I'll be honest, because I don't think it's part of the tournament. I don't. I still don't. Uh, that, that's not going to change. Like, I don't think of Corpus Christi as being part of the 2022 tournament, and I doubt that you will in the year. Maybe you think about Texas Southern being part of it because they actually played in the game that people remember. That's, that's, that's my personal opinion. But I won't disrespect it and say it's just, Throwaway is good for something if it led to them being at WrestleMania. And this is an opportunity where people talk about exposure is what they desire. This is the reason people clamor for exposure because it's exposure gaining more exposure. Because that that first four NCAA tournament game, if that's really what led to the confirmation of the deal that led to WrestleMania, that's what we mean. You're on a on a national stage. Now you get to go on an even bigger national stage. This is WrestleMania, the granddaddy of them all, the grandest stage in sports entertainment. This is the biggest wrestling event of the year, every year. You're there. And there's so many people in the crowd that didn't know the HBCU experience, were unfamiliar with the HBCU experience. Maybe didn't care to check out the HBCU experience. I don't know. But when they're sitting there in their seat and they're trying to watch uh, Bianca Belair versus, versus Becky Lynch, well, kind of got forced down your throat here. You kind of got force fed just a little taste, just a little taste of it. And I think it's good because there's so many people who were not even those who didn't want to care, but then just those who just were not aware of the culture. You got a little taste of it. You know, it wasn't too much. You know, it's like it's like when somebody's cooking and they just how does it taste and you just get a little a little taste of it. It's like, oh, yeah, that's good. That's what this band performance was. And I feel like HBCU culture, as far as bands, is so easy to get into as opposed to the athletics because you don't really have to care. You don't have to care about anything that's going on. There's no investment. You don't have to have any context around it. All you need to know is that this band is playing this music and I like it. Or I don't like it. It's just that simple. And I think if you like good music, bands, as far as HBCUs all across the nation, it's not hard to get into. It really isn't. They're a fun show. They are a fun show. It's 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 just different. Take it from a guy who has experienced both types of bands as far as bands that are more animated and bands that are more stiff. I've experienced both. I'm going to take the and I thought this even when I had the, the stiff band. Now I'm going to take the band that's a little bit more loose, a little bit more animated. That's my personal preference i think bands are important and this is a situation where you have texas southern on the biggest stage in wrestling a national stage with over seventy-five thousand people there in the arena there's so many there's so many eyes that just caught texas southern maybe didn't know about it and then brian simmons the director of bands had a quote and i think that was great and i'll end it off here
He said this was a great opportunity for the Ocean of Soul, but more importantly, it was a great opportunity for Texas Southern. Tens of thousands of people were in attendance, but millions more wrestling fans were watching around the world. This performance was one more step in making Texas Southern's name known around the globe. And completely, wholeheartedly do I agree. And that's why this was so major, because for those who maybe were unfamiliar with the HBCU experience, you got a little bit of taste. And Texas Southern was able to give you that taste. It did great one is for Texas Southern. Maybe some people go and watch bands or watch their bands play over the years because all you need is to click a clip. You don't need to know what's going on. You don't need to know the score at halftime. You just need to know that you want to listen to good music. And I think that at least a couple of people in that arena got that feel after watching Texas Southern play. Great, great, great exposure gets more exposure and more exposure reach reaches more people. And now you're having your name known around the globe, like Director Simmons said. But yes, that that, that those stories, those feel good stories are reasons you need to continue making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day. Every day on tomorrow's episode, we're going to be talking about a big time swag player who is transferring away. They're headed to Ole Miss. I'll let you know exactly who it is on tomorrow's episode. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out Locked On NFL Draft. The Saints just made a major move that is shaking everything up. I would love to see how they feel like that's going to impact the draft. Eric Crocker, Ryan Tracy, giving you everything you need Monday through Friday for the big event in April. Get tuned in now. And in the meantime, in between time, y'all can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.